Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning. Welcome to On My Block, Packers podcast. We're doing a preview episode today. Packers versus Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thank you for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe on the Believe Network, anywhere you get your podcasts on the audio side. And then, of course, go to our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. We break down a ton of film, ton of information and content there. If you like to watch tape, see how pros look at the game, check that out. Subscribe, rate, and review us on, on our uh, YouTube channel, Process to Perform. And, of course, our show is, as always, sponsored by betonline.ag. I, I got a bone to pick first. <clears throat> uh, and I'd like to hear people's views on this. Uh, so I'm in a uh, fantasy football league uh, with some friends from business school. And from all people are all over the world, really interesting group, but they cheat. And uh, I auto-drafted this year. Uh, it's my fault, but, you know, you were on all different time schedules. So if you, it's like two in the morning, I'm just not going to do it because I'm there for, you know, I'm here to make friends. That's my, my the name of my team is I'm here to make friends. Uh, but the commissioner of the group actually auto-drafted me a D-minus team. So I am now, I have no chance of winning. I've lost damn near every game. And now I'm in line. I have to be the new, our punishment is that you have to be commissioner. So is it right that I feel like I should boycott uh, the the punishment, I guess, or maybe, or maybe I should just look at it as an opportunity to have some real authority within this group. I don't know. Anyways, tell me what you think. Our, our show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. How exciting. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your Number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to the Bet Online site today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Packers are coming off this win. But they're going into Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's favored by three and a half. And, and rightfully so. Pittsburgh's a five and three team. It's crazy. This is not the Pittsburgh Steelers team that I grew up with. I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as, as I think did many people. Um, they're 29th in offense. They're 31st in yards given up on defense. So whatever it is you think you know about the Steelers and, and Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd uh, – Donnie Shell back in way back in the day. Donnie Shell, here's a funny story. Donnie Shell was the player engagement guy for the Panthers. And he would walk around kind of like he knew that he, he not not that he was better than everybody, but like he was like really something, you know. I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not trying to insult the guy at all, but he had this confidence about him, and nobody really knew why. And this is, you know, this is like 2005. And I remember I met him. It, we kind of, we didn't, we kind of rubbed each other the wrong way a little bit. And I didn't realize it was Donnie Shell of the Pittsburgh Steelers, like championship Donnie freaking Shell, man. Missed out on an opportunity to uh, learn a lot from a, a good guy. So always ask more questions. It's a uh, good, good message for the, the young kids out there. Listen, Mike Tomlin is, is five and three. They've he's never had a losing season. He's mastered the art of winning ugly. Um, they're accumulating talent right now. Two seasons ago, this team was a disaster from a talent standpoint. Their offensive line was one of the maybe the worst in football. Uh, Kenny Pickett right now, the, the reason that they're struggling, or the reason, let me see, rephrase that. The reason that every one of their games is close is because Kenny Pickett doesn't have it figured out. And Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, whether it's how he's drawn plays, how he's communicating, we'll watch some of the stuff on tape. They just don't look clean. Now, they look pretty clean sometimes in the run game, even though they're not running the ball that effectively. It's just every time they're trying to move, it's just like the Packers sometimes watch them. It's, it's just tough to move the sticks. There's a lot of mental errors. Packers coming off a much-needed win against, against the Staffordless Rams. Um, this is a much more physical team. They're going into Pittsburgh, Steel City, 
grass field, probably got some weather. It's going to play a part. Field conditions are going to play a part. The fans are going to play a part. The terrible tower is going to be waving. It's going to, it's electric there. It is so, it is such an awesome place to, to experience a football game. The team is very beatable going into Pittsburgh talking about Green Bay is going to have to play a much, much better brand of football than they did last week against the Rams. This is a, this is one of those teams. Mike Tomlin's just got the secret sauce. They keep it close and they end up winning in the fourth. But you come out of this game, and if you don't have your, if you're not strapped up extra tight with that chin strap, even with all the BS penalties that they're calling, if you're not strapped up extra tight, you are going to limp off the field because these boys will bring it, especially on defense. I'm super impressed, as always, with the defensive line led by Cam Hayward. So Cam Hayward is one of my favorite players. I'm I'm glad he's back in the lineup. Let's talk about their offense. The Steelers' offense is. I mean, how do you even describe it? 16 points a game, terrible. 90 yards rushing in a game, terrible. Najee Harris, they have two guys that are good. Najee Harris is a first-round draft pick. This this kid, uh, Jalen Warren, he can play. I think he'll get maybe, I mean, he's explosive. He can play. They got a couple kids that can play. I mean, they got skill position players that, that can do it. Deontay Johnson, obviously George Pickens. They can, like, they can play. They brought in two rookies from Georgia, are both playing now. We'll look at him on tape. Roger Jones at the right tackle position, who I thought was the most talented guy uh, from a t- the most talented tackle in the draft. And, and then, of course, Darnell Washington, the big fella. I think he's like 280, 285. Looks like a lineman out there. Moves really well. Um, just doing a good job for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're so much better up front. I think maybe two years ago, they went and picked up Isaac uh, Seumalo. I'll just screw that up. Left guard. He is a really good player. He was coached by Jeff Statlin in the Eagles offensive line for, for a number of years. You can tell. Like, he he kind of sets the tone. He plays faster. He's better than the rest of them. Everybody's trying to keep up with him, but he plays super fast, um, gets to the second level, has good technique. You know, not necessarily the most physical guy, but has incredible technique and it helps him get through. Like I said, I think Broderick Jones was the pick of the class. Uh they still have they have Connor Hayward, who's Cam's little brother, Craig Ironhead Hayward, who I don't know if you guys remember was an absolute unit running back. Um, they, his his son, and then this second this kid George Pickens, he just keeps making plays. And what you're going to see on film is that they just don't have any rhythm, and they really don't play with details. I mean, that's that's really what it is. And and last week against the Titans, you see like they got some stuff going with the double trap game. Um, they're trying to run the quarterback uh, keepers. They're trying to run the tunnel screens. They're trying to run the screen game. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's always just like they just feel off. Maybe a guy gets out in the route late. Maybe a lineman doesn't pick up the, the corner. Maybe on the on the keeper, that it's just the way they're running the keeper that time that the tight end doesn't get out in the flat in time. It's just it's it's crazy to see uh, just what you're used to see with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, for years and years and years of just high caliber play. They miss a lot of easy passes. They certainly did last week. And there's very, very little separation in the passing game. When we watch tape, key in on the idea that you know, there's the field is 53 yards wide. And however many yards to the end zone it is, uh, you know, and this kid can fling it all over. He can three at 65, 70 yards. So you're working with a lot of real estate, and you will see receivers just standing next to each other at multiple times during this game. They're within five yards of each other on the same routes. And it's just kind of you know, you look at the OC, you look at how they're implementing it. You can see why they're frustrated there, even though they're five and three. So let's, let's watch some tape. I'll put this all the way back here. As we learned last time, I got to take this off. Here we go. So they're trying to get the ball out early. They run these tunnel screens. And again, I think, you know, for me, Najee Harris is a good player and I think he does really well in between the tackles. This Jalen Warren kid, he can scoot. He's got a little wiggle to him. I think he's good in open space. And they just want to find ways to get him in the ball. And I think the more they can get Kenny Pickett making pre-snap decisions and getting rid of the ball early, I think we've said this before about another quarterback, the better off they're going to feel. They just don't do it enough. The other problem is there's just small windows in their in their play. And when I say small windows, 
I mean, when we start throwing the ball, and you see the the tight end gets rerouted here. I'll go back. Tight end gets rerouted, but he's everything's always so close. You got so many guys playing next to each other. And again, it's a huge field, and they just don't, it doesn't seem like they do a great job of using space. Regardless of whether you complete the pass or not, you have to give young quarterbacks windows to throw in. And you don't want to condense the window and you don't want to add people. And so from a Packers standpoint, can we reroute? Can we, can we, especially at the tight end running back position who get out and kind of run the underneath stuff that pull defenders away? Can we make sure that those guys get out late? Can we give our linebackers a reason to, to get their depth in their drops? Those are the, because he he wants to force the ball downfield. He, like he's not one of those kids that necessarily just going to take what he can get. Come across here, so we got a, a two by two with two tight ends in the game. Up top, we go under center play action, and you just look at the routes here. And on the thirty four yard line, that sail route has to get under the defender, or you're going to push that defender up top. So if you don't get underneath that guy and cross his face in this situation, one, you're never going to be open. And two, you're just running into the other guy's real estate. And so what happens here, again, it's just, it's not clean for picket. It's just not clean looks. Now we go return motion here. And so we got the, the twins up top. Excuse me, I guess we have trips over there with the tight end. But you see, I mean, what... If they're running stick nods or they're just running, you know, the, the the bang eights here, like, I don't understand how they're teaching this in their wide receiver room or at the, but that, that's a tough window, guys. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if Mahomes is throwing it over there. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And if you just look at this picture right now, they don't have a lot of people open. You have to wait for the check down and he's, and he's not going to wait for the check down. Like their pass protection isn't that good. Right? And they're playing against Jeffrey Simmons and company here, obviously. So you got some issues there. But this this kid isn't like check down central. Like he's going to throw the ball into, and he wants to find Pickens. He wants to find Deontay Johnson. He'll he'll throw it to the tight ends. But that's tough. They're making this game difficult for Kenny Pickett. Now, when they give the kid an opportunity to be successful, he can throw it. And so if we're going to play that soft zone. We're going to play the guy underneath like they're running. They're running two down here on the bottom. And this kid just runs the, the, the uh, out, the deep out. I mean, that's a good route against one, one-on-one against a safety who's got a drop. And you got issues. The, the, uh, the underneath defender has to stick with the flat. And they just, like, they've got guys that can play. Now, we talk about play speed. I'm really talking about for the quarterback here. They ran essentially the same play. One's under center, one's out of shotgun, but you're running a keep pass here. And what they're going to do is they're going to keep the tight end on the bottom of the screen in and, and block that defensive end so he's not on the quarterback's face immediately, which is interesting because now you have to figure out how everything else works from a timing standpoint. And what you'll see here is the way that the tight end comes across and inserts, instead of running downfield because of the way that that wide receiver blocks the defensive end, he has to insert now and kind of get underneath and then back out flat. And the reason that that matters is because there's not an immediate throw as soon as Kenny Pickett gets out of his turn. Now, once you give the shotgun fake, and the timing's all messed up because it's not under center anyways, but once you give the shotgun and the fake, you go, like, he wants to get, the ball should be gone now. And that guy hasn't cleared yet. And so everything gets a little bit convoluted. And this is the kind of stuff we're talking about as far as let's make sure as Packers, defensive ends, outside linebackers, linebackers, anybody, safeties, make sure that you're rerouting the guys at the line of scrimmage because it really screws this team up. Now, they change it up. They're still blocking the defensive end with wide receiver here. But now that tight end's out immediately, ball's gone before he even, you know, as he hits the hash. Same thought process as far as you're still running a flood route to the, you know, this is like high school, you know, keep pass right flood, but now you can get the ball out immediately and you're having positive yards. So 
the more you can affect those guys, the better off you're going to be. I don't know if, I think this is Pickens on the bottom, and I don't know if he's running the wrong route, but they've got trips up top. And somebody's got to hold the backside safety here, and he looks confused. And I don't know if he's just hesitating because this happens a number of times in the game. He looks like, okay, we're, like, what are you waiting for? He's kind of hesitating. He decides to run a shallow under, but nobody t- hooks up on that backside safety now. And what they've done is, if this is what they're trying to do, they flooded a half of the field with five receivers, which I think when I say it out loud, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you got the, on the 12 yard line in the middle of the field on the hash, you got the run for the love of the game route. Okay. Because he's supposed to take that defender away and he's supposed to be making that play side safety worry about crossing his face. Okay. But because there's nobody on the backside, the backside receiver, like in other words, the safety at the 10 yard line on top has to make a decision because he's going to throw into that window or is he going to throw the seam? It's just, he should be doing it off that safety. The problem is the backside catches up because they've got nobody home. And again, I don't know if it's a play call or just somebody's running the wrong route, but they're having a real hard time. And this kid Pickett is, you know, He's throwing the check down here. Good for him, but it's it's tough. And then the other thing is, and this happened early in the game, easy throw here. This guy's got room to run for days. He just misses some throws. You got uh, Calvin Austin, who's a little bit of a speedster, in the inside slot. On the trip side, they're running cover two. This is old Tampa two where the Mike linebacker's trying to run with him. There's no chance. But... Back that up a little bit, guys. Sorry about that. No chance, but he just underthrows him. Like, you're missing throws. These are touchdowns. These are touchdowns or 50-yard plays. Just not happening the way he wants. Now, out here, they got the screen game going. Should they They call it? It's an option. The line is running a, is running a run play. It's an RPO. They decide to run it. You know, it's always like how much power do you put in the hands of the quarterback? Well, in this case, you got to, you know, he's old enough now, second year guy. He's been in the offense. But you look at the wide receiver, he doesn't know who to block. Allen Robinson's out there like, who's on first, man? I, neither, both these guys are going to make the play. So, what are, he's, you know, he's kind of pump faking. He's screwed either way. So, there's a little bit of miscommunication as far as what the responsibilities are. You know, I, it's it, tough to say. Now, I, you know, I love the trenches. I love running the football, and I am here for run, them running gap. So look at this lineup. You got Isaac uh, Siamalo playing left guard. Broderick Jones, the big Georgia tackle, stud, going to be a stud, right tackle. And then the big fellow, Darnell Washington, playing tight end. So you got a gap scheme here where Washington can glove up the outside linebacker. I mean, look at the size of that guy. You got Siamalo pulling. Look at the strike. Look at the dip and strike by 73 here, man. This is, I know it's the Steelers, but I just love that. That's just all kinds of good. They're going to run the double. uh, Oh, no, sorry. So Isaac's coming in. And listen, this is what good technique looks like. You know, you always talk about the Packers, why they're struggling, why they're struggling. Look at the footwork here. Getting up to the second level on the beat. And this is against, uh, I think this is against uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who's, you know, arguably top two defensive tackle, top three defensive tackle in the league over the last three years. Just good footwork, staying square, getting up to the second level, driving square on the linebacker, making him to try to play over the top, getting Najee Harris a big run. Big time play here. You know, we talk about, I'm just kind of showing you some stuff and, and we're talking about the Packers, but by watching the Steelers, they make a call. They see that these guys are going to run a slant. So Broderick Jones, rookie tackle, instead of running through, shuffles and waits, picks him up. Connor Hayward comes around, blocks the mic on the backside, not the mic, the linebacker on the backside. And they bump this thing out the back. Great play call. Does not work if you don't make an at-the-line adjustment, right? At-the-line adjustment, communication from the center of the quarterback, and everybody knows what their responsibilities are. Now, they ran this – they have a type. They ran this play at – man, they just kept running this this uh, 
inside trap kind of wham block look. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. They saw something from a penetration standpoint with the Tennessee Titans. They love running that play. Deontay Johnson got off late in this game. Don't forget about him. He's kind of been silent, you know, especially from the touchdown perspective over the last couple of years, but he's got talent. They have talent. The point is in this game, they have talent. Now, talk about playmakers making plays. Deontay Johnson catches the deep ball. Connor Hayward, son of Craig Ironhead Hayward, brother of Cam Hayward, one of the one of the best D tackles in the last 10 years. He does it a little bit different, right? Two of the most physical players at their position, his family. Connor's taking a different approach. <laughs> Gotta love it. He's just going to get absolutely manhandled by this defensive end. And then Jalen Warren's going to say, thank you very much. I'll just take this thing outside 30 yards. <laughs> Beautiful play. And then Deontay Johnson, his first touchdown on a little rub. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, look, they got Allen Robinson, they got George Pickens, they got Deontay Johnson, they got Connor Hayward, they got Jalen Warren, they got Najee Harris, they got the big fella, Darnell Washington. It's a question of calling the right plays for this quarterback everybody being on the same page i mean it's a mirror image of what we talk about with jordan love and the green bay packers right place processing right the guy they can make the throws they have the talent on the outside there's too many times in in, in the steelers when you watch them if you want to play man if you want to get up in their face there's too many times where they make mental errors or have inconsistencies in their detail. And you have to figure out a way to maximize that if you're the Green Bay Packers. My opinion. They are they are a physical team up front. They're in a they're in a physical division. That's probably that's probably the toughest division in football right now as far as like you're going to you're going to know who you played. You think that we have Kenny Clark being, you know, you think that we have a, a, a good matchup up front. The secondary, what ends up happening in games like this, if they have it close, then a, a, a Pickens makes a play when you go to man, when you go to press man. And they throw the ball up and he makes, it's players making plays. So what you need to do in a game like this is you have to be consistent on offense. Listen, this is a 45-55 split offensive-defense um, time of possession. Their defense is on the field a lot. That's why their numbers aren't as good as they should be. But offensively with this team, talking about the Steelers' offense, the more that you uh, get on them at the line of scrimmage, the more that you force Kenny Pickens to have to play off schedule because the, the first look isn't open because the timing's not right on the routes, that's when things get kind of sideways for them. And so that's, you know, for me – the way to really get after this team. It's not scoring. They're only scoring 16 and a half points a game anyways. Now let's flip that. The Steelers defense always, you know, and listen, just like the Packers, historic franchise. Home of the Steel Curtain. 20 point, uh, they're giving up 20 points a game, 13th in the league but they give up 377 yards per game, 31st in the league. 377 yards per game is a ridiculous amount for a Pittsburgh Steelers defense. 133 rushing yards, 29th in the league. They give up four and a half yards per carry. It doesn't vibe with kind of what you see because they do a lot of stuff well, but then you dig into the tape and you realize you can actually run the ball pretty well on these guys. And believe it or not, I think you're going to run the ball with Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave playing tight end attached with this team against their if when when TJ Watt in particular is playing stand up which sounds crazy but the way that they play there's opportunities to break off some big runs from time to time but you can move the guys uh on the inside you can get to the second level sometimes I mean listen these guys are good but it's interesting as good as their two guys are on the edges talking about a Highsmith and, and Watt they're not as good in the run game. Their best players are without a doubt the edge rushers. Uh, but I think you can account for, at least you can count for TJ in the run game. And what happens is the three, four look that they've been running for a long time and they're really good at. It challenges your technique. It challenges how you're going to play your double teams. The reason that the three, four is interesting 
from a defensive coordinator standpoint is it's hard to get doubles because the nose tackle can attack the center. The four technique can attack the, the tackle and the guard is kind of like, am I one-on-one with the linebacker right now? And if so, can my guys beat their guys one-on-one over and over and over when you're just standing, when you're, when you're playing head up, it's really a hard thing to do. Everyone's going to talk about in this game, every show, every pregame, TJ Watt, deservedly so, is one of the best in the business. He's a great pass rusher in particular. I mean, I, he's his brother was different because he could do it in all in the run game as well. Alex Highsmith is a good young player. I think he's drafted in 2020 maybe. They have Cam Hayward. Patrick Peterson's on the other side of, of, of greatness. You know, he's, he's, he's in his slow decline. But it's Patrick Peterson, man. Just for the information alone, it's good to have him on the field. They got uh, Shannon Sullivan, Joey Porter Jr., who's Joey Porter's – his dad was an absolute unit, man. Joey Porter got drafted in the second round steal. Joey Porter asked to go play against DeAndre uh, Hopkins last week to lock him up. I mean, the kid's got, like, his dad's confidence. So there's opportunities everywhere because he's young. They make mistakes. Um, they like to play multiple coverages. When they play man, they get beat. You know, they're not the they're not a, a shutdown man team. They've gotten beat for big plays, but they're not afraid to run it, and they're not afraid to bring extra. They're going to mix up their looks. They're going to mix up their fronts. The majority of the pressure is going to come from TJ and, and Highsmith. But they will bring linebackers. They pressure up the middle. They're going to get in your face. They're not one of those teams that's trying to bring a lot of corner cats and whatnot. They're going to come up in the middle, in your face. Those big guys are not pass rushers. They're bull rushers. So they pressure that pocket, make you stay high. Edge rushers come around over the top. I think the defensive tackles do a really good job in the run game of creating lanes for the linebackers to play in. We'll show a couple of those. And they're just, they're physical. They're physical in the front end. They're physical in the back end. They're tough to screen against. Like, you know, teams try to, like, the Titans try to get things going, like run a screen, run a screen. It doesn't work. Because when you're running a 3-4 and you got three guys in there who are not great pass rushers, it's tough to run the screen game. Plus, they're, you know, this is an extremely well-coached football team. So I had three questions before we hit tape about the Packers offense this week. Number one, Aaron Jones. How do you get Aaron Jones more involved? I just said the screen game's hard. But when you're in man... When you catch him in opportunities to play man, the Texas routes, the arrows, just getting the ball, even the bubble stuff, just when you're getting him downhill one-on-one, how can you get him involved? Take the easy stuff. Take the 10 yards when you can. Let him turn 10 into 20. Two, can you build on that? You had that one deep pass to Watson. I think he got a concussion on it. But how do you build on that? Like In other words, there's going to be opportunities in this game where you're going to be able to throw the 25 yards, the 30-yard, the 50-yard play the passes. How do we get better at connecting? You saw Musgrave had the had the uh, he had the crossing route for like 20, 25 yards last week. Like, how do you increase the number of those kind of just big chunk plays, explosive plays in the in, through the air? How do we do that? And then, you know, I think probably the, the the top thing is how do you speed up Jordan Love's kind of mental clock in the pocket? Whether it's through pre-snap recognition, whether it's through post-snap processing. How do we speed that up? How do we make this more obvious as a, as a staff? Because these guys will get home. Highsmith and Watt will get – if you give them time, they're going to get home. And they'll bring enough pressure. And listen, these big guys, uh, Ogunjabi, Cam Hayward, they got a, a rookie in there. He's number 95. His name is uh, Keanu Benton. Like, if they want a bull, they're going to get home eventually. This isn't a, a drop seven, you know, pat that ball a couple times and let it rip. You're not going to have time. They're not a great sack team, but they do pressure. They do uh, they do disrupt the quarterback's timing. Let's watch it. Multiple looks. You see them. This is what they did early in the game. So they're in their they're in their their five down look. They shift. They bring a safety down. Now, obviously, the Tennessee Titans are going to be run first. Kenny Pickett's a young, young quarterback. Like, we know the story here. So we don't know if we're going to see this necessarily. But they start playing Highsmith, and they'll move wide, and, and they'll play stand-up. And they're essentially forcing – there's just two things from an offensive standpoint. One, your count is now all kinds of jacked up. Because the offensive line, it's not like you're just blocking spots, especially in pass pro. You're blocking dudes. 
and at the at the first level. So like if 56 walks in, you have those five pass rushing guys. If 55 walks up to the line of scrimmage here, you, you start somebody's got to start doing mental gymnastics. But bottom line, this turns everything into a single block. And now you have a single block with the defensive end. The center has the stand-up defensive end over the top of him. He's probably thinking, now who's going to rise up and get 50 or 31? 31 drops into the box, so that they, they've got an eight-in-the-box look here. So obviously they're going to you know play some sort of single high man in the back. But the issue for an, a team trying to you know establish a running game is like, I have no doubles, and I have at least one, if not two, free runners on the running back now. Just, just by design, just by the way that they're they're running this defense. Like, what gap is the fullback going to sneak through here, or or what double team is going to get push against guys who are literally spending three, uh, you know, three practices a week learning how to defeat these single blocks out of out of you know kind of these four-point stances, these two-gap read stances. It's just a different kind of game. You see, it's like you think you got something there, and then it just completely shuts down. And Highsmith can High, – Watt is not great in the run game. He's not bad. Like, he's elusive, but he's going to beat you by kind of slipping underneath or whatnot. Highsmith can run through your tight end. Highsmith, uh, he, he can play. They, he can do it. He can do it all. He's a complete player. You got the play action, and they got man all over the board. And you just take a snap, a snapshot here. Who are you throwing to? I mean, there's absolutely. They they are very comfortable now. They'll get. Listen, you, if you play man, you will get beat, right? If your pass rush doesn't get home. Fortunately for the Steelers, their pass rush disrupts quarterbacks enough where they just don't feel comfortable in the pocket. You get a run, you so they, they feel comfortable they can play a lot of man, even against like a DeAndre happens. Now you look at this. You got six on the line of scrimmage. They're playing smashed up against the, the tight end here with the safety. They got eight in the box. And they're just I mean, they're just trying to get home. They're just trying to hurt this guy. And it, and when you look at this, you, you do have a man open at the 45 yard line on the on the near hash to us or from the bottom of the screen. But you gotta have you just gotta make great throws. Up top, this is uh Joey Porter Jr. Playing the guy right out of bounds. Hopkins is looking for a penalty, but they are they taking on the Pittsburgh steal away. They will take on the challenge. Now they bring uh, I think this is they bring TJ up into the A gap. Trying to make this look a little different. Now he's under center now. I think they go play action pass here. So they end up bringing the linebacker getting to his feet. And you see, listen, if you're going to play man, you're going to get beat. You got good route runners. You're going to get beat. It's a question of does the disruption of how their front is playing, maybe they bring extra guys. Do you have an opportunity to set your feet and throw comfortably? They do a great job here of the, talking about the Titans now. Running off and then running the sale seven. And this is a great route by the slot receiver. Do I have circled in red? So you see at the bottom, we're just going to run off this corner. We're in, we're in man coverage. And he just does a great job of pressing this almost all the way to the hash and then just giving himself. We talked about real estate space with their offense. Now you look at defensively and you see what the Titans are doing. Give your run, give your receivers opportunities to separate because they're going to run enough man where separation is the name of the game. And, you know, TJ Watt, deservedly, he is an absolute menace. And you see that you see that uh, the tight ends double teamed him and then they pulled a guard. And then they pulled a guard. Go back to this. So they got one tight end, pushes them off. Two tight ends, attack. Guard coming. And what happens? You have to play, you know, from a defensive standpoint, the Steelers know what you're trying to do. So as soon as they see those tight ends commit, 55's coming and he's going hunting. You got Highsmith over the top. 
Got 55 underneath, gets him at the legs. Maybe that was a penalty. I'm not sure. But the point is, if you're a quarterback and you think, okay, great, we committed three guys to blocking TJ, and the rest of these guys are going, well, I can play too. I can play too. This is where Watt can get you. This 78 is this is ambitious with his angle. So his offensive line, you know, coaches said, oh, we got to reach outside number. And it's like, well, what if he's four yards away from you? That's the rules, man. We got to try to reach his outside number. Okay, I'll try it. And then he just absolutely whiffs. Holding penalty, face mask, the whole thing. They still get nothing on this play. Watt and Highsmith, they're, they want to be physical. I mean, it's like they want to be a physical team. So they will get, and I think he wrong shoulders here on the pull or on the split flow. They get a little bit nosy. And this is really what you want. And there's you can design plays to log. If you know the defensive end is going to go wrong shoulder, you can log this block by the tight end and have this turn into a bounce. You see Hayward beat his guy. And this is one of the reasons he's not doing this on purpose. I mean, I'm talking about Derrick Henry. But the point is, you can have wrinkles in these plays where, hey, if we are gonna, if we know the defensive end or the outside linebacker is going to wrong shoulder us, we're just going to log this block and we're going to put you one-on-one -on -one with the outside with that linebacker because he's coming from depth and now you've got a full head of steam. Aaron Jones versus 50 in a foot race, like I'm taking it every time. So there's opportunities there just using the idea of, of let's use their aggressiveness against him. And this is not a knock on TJ Watt. He's a Hall of Fame worthy player at this point but he's not Max Crosby. He's not that guy. And it's probably the way that they play, but Max kind of is like junior say he's just got, I'm, I'm saying that because the Packers fans, we've experienced mad Max already. He's like say and that they've got plays where it's like, dude, just go do your thing. Like 10 guys are playing defense. You're doing mad Max stuff. He's going to play within the structure of the scheme. And so you see like, I think tight ends can glove him up. You know, especially when he's in that two-point stand-up, I think we're probably pretty comfortable now. They're not going to dominate block him, but, it, like, all you need to do is, like, just stay – let's call it even. Can you call it even for two seconds? Because I think there's plays to be made against those guys. Now, this guy's from Cincy, Larry Okunjobi, Joby, excuse me. This is a matchup. This guy's a good player. He's a good player for Cincy. He's a good player now. Um, I think he slips the backside here. But – you know, you talk about Myers and, and right guard John Ronnie Jr., Sean Ryan, who, whatever they decide to do there. That's a topic for somebody else because I don't have any particular thoughts about it. Um, this guy's good. And here's the thing. When you get into kind of a nickel defense, because that's really what the Packers have to figure out. Are you going to go into base and try to run the ball against their 3-4 their because that's tough sledding? The problem is they're much more dynamic in nickel. Guys are going to play upfield more. They're going to slip blocks more. I mean, this is just the nature of the business. So what do you, like, how do you want to play this team? If you, can you put them in base and run a, a lot of, because you know they're going to get a lot more man in base coverage, but you're also going to get a lot more pressures. So if that's the case, do you feel good about, like, the Luke Musgrave matchup? Because if you feel good about the Luke Musgrave matchup versus their linebackers, then let's keep them in base as long as we can. Get a couple of running plays out of there, but really start running those crossers, things that worked for you last week, and start thinking about, we're going to get man outside. Let's get some man beaters. Let's get some scissors concepts. Let's get some double crossers. Let's get some deep digs. Let's get some stuff that makes sense against those coverages and give Musgrave in particular a chance to have success against their linebackers because that's the matchup when they go base defense. If they go nickel, maybe you're trying to run the ball, but quite frankly, like these guys are – I would rather play against a, two, a guy who play two, is playing two-gap and a 3-4 all day versus guys that want to penetrate. It's just a harder job. You see Cam Hayward here, and I didn't catch the beginning of this clip, but it's like, and this is what we're talking about when how to attack. Cam actually switches at the last minute. He switches his stance and just points towards the tackle. He knows, and he's been around for a long time, but these guys know what you're doing. So the you know, backside, they probably made a B call. Saying like, hey, first of all, that tells Cam Hayward the ball's going away, one. And two, they're going to try to double-team me. So he just shifts his stance to point right towards the tackle so he can just make a double-team 
turn into a single block, and then defeat the block and win. And this is what they do at a very, very high level. And quite frankly, Cam in the running game is uh, – he's not slippery. He's just a hes just a guy who plays with great leverage and technique and a, and a big, strong human who's very, very smart. So you can't be giving away free calls. You can't be staring at him. can't be looking away from him. You can't give your tips and tells away. You really got to be studious this week as far as what you're willing to show him. And because they don't rush when they're, especially when that base is middle, three guys aren't good pass rushers. So you just, they're just standing here waiting for a screen game. And they did this all game versus the Titans. Now, the Titans probably ran too many of them, but they're very, very smart in that sense. You see up top, you're looking at man here. And they drop into a, they drop into a, 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 a cover two. Now, for whatever reason, the Tennessee Titans have told, or this guy's making the mistake up top, of blocking the corner, the flat player in cover two when you're running a screen. What should happen is you should have him outside release for the safety, and then the lineman goes out and, and destroys that man because that's a, that's a free out. Now you have an alley with a, the with a lead blocker up top. And for some reason, they wanted the, the receiver to hold the block against this cover two corner and he defeats the block and makes the play. They're physical players. They take pride in it. So you got to really, you can't make mistakes. This is a, this is either a scheme or, or just an individual error, but you can't make these errors. doesn't make any sense. This is the one screen they did get off, and you see it's a clear push in the back. They didn't call it because they like the offense more than the defense. But it's a clear push in the back. They had a man-man coverage. Uh, the the defender made the play, but they ended up getting a big play on this on this, and so there are opportunities there. You just got to get out, and when they are playing man, you got to take advantage without getting you know called for a flag, which they probably should have in this play. Learning from tape, I put this up on Twitter, and I just want everybody to understand what I was saying. So, a chip block to fifty. So the left guard and the center are going to chip block to fifty. The left guard has to be thinking, I need to keep my shoulder pad square to the line of scrimmage, and we can bumper this we can double team however you want to look at it but i need to keep my outside hand free and the reason is when i turn like this two things happen one you you're turning the center as well so at the first level when you leave now it's not just assumed as you see 92 is loading up on his left leg he's going to rick ricochet back as soon as you're gone and probably beat the center over his face which he does right here but the second thing, if I back it up, is that once you commit your outside shoulder, you can't, you're not a good enough athlete. 50 is going to run over the top and make the play in the hole. Now the running back can, you know, help him and run by. Maybe he slips the backside gap, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is you're beat right here because you're just not enough good enough athlete. You just you literally can't take your left foot and swing it back open in time to block the linebacker here as he runs through. It's just an impossible play. They teach us everywhere. There's teach tape on it. You go to Instagram. They got a hundred, uh, you know, experts teaching that technique. And anybody out here who's watching offensive line field, like, please stop doing that. It makes absolutely no sense. Here's another thing learned from tape. So you got a two by two look here. The running back is to the left of the quarterback. You look at it. You're looking at too high right now. They're opening up. And the running, excuse me, and we don't reroute. The Steelers don't reroute on the slot at the top of the screen. So the linebacker here has to get to his drop. He's getting on that running back early. And so you see that slide is wide open. Now, this is opportunities for Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Reed. You see here, if they're not going to reroute you, if they're going to play outside leverage, not reroute you, and the linebacker can get sucked into the middle of the field by the running back, all of a sudden the safety who's behind you, he's going to tackle you, but you do have th throwing windows, but they have to come out now. And this is what we talk about with Jordan Love. Ball's got to be gone. This kid, uh, Pickett, or not Pickett, uh, who's this? Will, Will, uh, Will, first team starter, whatever his name is. He can absolutely, Kentucky kid, he can absolutely sling it, okay? Jordan's got an arm. This guy's got a cannon. But you got to throw this thing on time. So they end up making this big play down the field, right? 
just only because you see it, you got to let it go, and you got to have put velocity on the ball. But there are opportunities there because they don't reroute on the slot. You see here another opportunity. Backside guy is going to get cut. Green, green circle is going to get cut. But Highsmith penetrates and dominates his block up front. So as soon, penetration kills. So as soon as Derrick Henry gets the ball, instead of flowing through this and cutting late and forcing 50 to come over the top here, he immediately sees Highsmith and is like, God, I got to make a quick cut. I'm not ready for it. There's a huge lane because of the backside did a great job of cutting down. I think that was uh, Ogunjobi. But unfortunately, no dice. Good football team. They're five and three for a reason. The big thing here is they're, they're very beatable. It's just, it really is a question of like, how are you going to attack the defense, put in enough man beaters, give your guys an opportunity, and Jordan Love's got to be on time, and the receiver's got to be on time, and you just got to make plays when the plays are available. I like these matchups. I like the Packers wide receivers versus man coverage. You're not going to win every time you see it. They do they do a, a nice job, but they get beaten man. When you run man a lot, especially with young players, you get beat. They've got a young guy and an old guy. Like someone's losing there during the course of the game. Win your matchups. Minka Fitzpatrick, all pro, had him in my had or was with him in Miami. Amazing player. He's out. That's a big deal because he was kind of cleaning up a lot of the mess with this with this secondary. And he's not there to do that right now. So they don't have the same horses back there that they usually do. He's, the, he's by far their best player in the secondary, and they're missing him. The Steelers' gap scheme versus the Packers' front. They like to pull guards. They like to do the double trap. Their ability to run the football is going to be paramount because Pickett's not very good for the first three quarters. He just hasn't been. Najee Harris is a good back. Um, they have that... That they they play both tight ends, but they have that you know Darnell Washington can move people. They can create space. They're good on double teams. They brought it you know starting Project Jones at right tackle now. You're just going to see him play better and better. It's going to be a fun matchup versus him and Rashawn Gary. Can you attack the line of scrimmage with Isaiah McDuffie and company like you did last week? Because you don't respect this quarterback's ability to make plays yet. Like make him prove it and attack that line of scrimmage and turn this into a one dimensional game. Because for me, the last thing, the ultimate thing is, and they don't play each other, but this is really a Jordan Love versus Kenny Pickett game. And I know they're playing their defenses. But what I'm saying about that is, my guess is whoever has the better stats at the end of this game wins the game. Because I think both teams are going to look at it and like, I'm going to shut down Aaron Jones, and we're going to shut down the, you know, Najee Harris and, uh, and Warren. And we're going to make these quarterbacks win. He's been, a, you know, him being Pickett's been abysmal outside the fourth quarter. So can the Packers use play action pass? Can they, are they going to get into base and run play action pass and, and, and try to beat man coverage? Are they going to play against their nickel? What are they, what are you going to do to, to put some points on the board? Give Jordan Love and this, this receiving core an opportunity to cash in. Keys to victory. Stay ahead of the sticks. Steelers D is on the field a lot, 55% of the time. Keep them on the field by taking what they give. Stay out of stay out of like third and long. Stay out of opportunities for them to bring pressure and, and give Highsmith and give Watt opportunities to get your quarterback. Win the physical battle up front. This is going to be a very physical game. I think everybody knows that going in, just playing the Pittsburgh Steelers team. That's part of the culture there. Okay. But on they, you know, they play, they have heavy hitters on defense. They play gap schemes and double teams on offense. They like to get downhill with their running back, especially Najee Harris. Be, have a dominant mindset early. And then like they're Oh, oh, coordinator Matt Canada is just under a ton of fire. So make him be the hero. Make him, make Kenny Pickett be the hero. Take away everything else. Make that guy out scheme you. Make that guy call the right plays. Make that make make him make Kenny Pickett right. Because right now that's that you see it on film where the receivers are running. Just some of the calls they got. It just doesn't look good. So let's just continue that going. Don't give him anything to 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 think about. Last thing I want to talk about here, preparation is an organization thing. And I just, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I just saw this. It's nuts to me. So Runyon gets those two calls. And 
they ask you, you know, the, the, the offsides calls and they go, you know, somebody asked him about it and they, and he says, essentially he says, yeah, they, they're, uh, did you not know that was a point of emphasis? And they said, he said, this is a point of emphasis for the referees. They're trying to take away this play, which I think we all knew. Here's what bothered me. Sorry for the, here's what bothered, you kind of read me the wrong way is, he said they have a point of emphasis every week. I'm quoting him now. Apparently, they send out a weekly video talking about that. Apparently, that was in the weekly video, but I had no idea. I didn't even know they sent out a weekly video on points of emphasis. That was on it last week, and you can tell they were definitely looking for it because they called it twice us. Okay. The fact that, that John Rennie Jr. doesn't know that there's a video that the refs point out is a, is a big de- – that's an indictment on the coaching staff. Are you kidding me? I have not been with a team, three coaching staffs in Miami. I have not been with a team who does not show that video to the team during the week. Like that is mind boggling that the refs, like, you know, who the ref and crew is, what they call and all the points of emphasis for the week. What do you think Bill Belichick built his dynasty on aside from Tom Brady having the most prepared team? And you're telling me, one of your starters for multiple years doesn't even know that there's a video like that is absolutely nutso to me. Absolutely nutso. I don't, this game is going to be a tough game. I, this is one of those where you think the Packers can come in here and, and, and steal away a victory. No pun intended, but this is going to be a super physical game. This feels like November doldrums. You're in Pittsburgh. They're three and a half point favorites for for a reason. I'm really looking for Jordan Love to have a game against man coverage. They give him opportunities. He cashes in. If that happens, the Packers win. I think if it doesn't happen, I think it's going to be a really long day. I don't have scores. I'm not smart enough. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Wouldn't expect a ton of points in this game. If you guys enjoyed, hit the subscribe button. Find me on MikeWall68 on Twitter, Prostitute Performer, Instagram. Thanks for watching, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.